Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoop Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous podcast. What's going on with you, my brother? Uh, can't call it. Another day in the lab. Uh, ready to get this one in. This was one of those ones that was, uh, I think that if I could judge our fan base here for a little second, I think this is one of the ones that's going to throw them off. Yeah. But pretty good one, though, man. But how about yourself, man? <laughs> Let me tell you something, bro. I'm still recovering from last night. <laughs> I was drunk gaming last night. So, um, yeah. And one of my nostrils just stopped up. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how that happened at all. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm alive, though. So, we good. We rolling, bro. Um, I had fun last night, though. I ain't going to lie to you. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't did that in a minute, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I've been playing that new Call of Duty Vanguard. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, if anybody on listen to this, if you're on Xbox, man, add me, Scoots Bronson. Um, I play Call of Duty, you know what I'm saying, all the normal games. But, yeah, man, we was, we was having fun, man. You know what I'm saying? Man. I just started playing. <laughs> man, Call of Duty ain't normal, man. What you talking hey, about? <laughs> it is, bro. That's the shit. Call of Duty? Bro, I be catching bodies, bro. Last night I wasn't, though. <laughs> you never catching your body. <laughs> and last night I was getting murked, bro. I know. Um, I forgot what happened. Like, I think, <laughs> I think I was doing something, bro. I got like killed twenty times just back to back. <laughs> I was getting fucked up last night, man. But it was fun, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, bro. I, I at first, you know what I'm saying? Like when I used to watch people doing that shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Gaming and shit and streaming on Twitch. I used to be like, man, that got to be some boring shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now that they done added everything to it, you know what I'm saying? All the shit that you could do. And I finally actually start doing it. But that shit is fun as hell, bro. Man, this is <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't, man, look, like I say, man, the only thing I play nowadays, man, you know what I'm saying? Y'all can judge me. I'm still on the old school PlayStation Three, man. It's the only one I got college yeah. football on, man. Yeah, so I'm okay. still, I'm still playing college football, man. I took an L the other day, but you want to talk about? Oh yeah, that's right. Because you said you switched. You switched <laughs> up. You, yeah, why did you pick? Up. Why did you pick Penn State though, dude? You remember when we had did? Uh, damn, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Was it? Uh, no, it was one of the 28 minutes or less pods that we did. Yeah, and I was telling you, I was like, dude. I don't know why they got the most simple uniforms ever, but man, that navy blue and white, that shit be hit. It, it is fire, I ain't gonna lie. And it's just like, because we, we, we was talking about the whiteout game. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that they were saying that's one of the most, you know, hype atmospheres. And I was just like, yo, like, that was like, if if I was recruited, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, like, now being older, like, hell no. Nah. Like knowing what I know about Penn State now, I wouldn't go there. But like back then, they were recruiting me. Oh, I was there, dude. I was there just to wear the damn blue and white. To be honest with you, but like now knowing it's in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and ain't shit to do. It's cold. Like, nah. Like I'm not. I'm not going up there. But 
I don't know, man. I I just did. I just uh, switched up with them, but man, like the funny. <laughs> I bring it up to say, but the shit that they do to you when they want you to lose, that shit is. It's not funny at the time, but it's like it's funny. It's like all of a sudden, nobody in your team could tackle. Facts. Nobody could tackle. It's like Facts. they will break seventeen tackles on one play and get a touchdown, Facts. and you like, are you Facts. fucking kidding me? <laughs> Back in the day, bro, like. I remember uh, we used to play PS2 out of time because, like, I think only one person had an Xbox, right? So we used to be on PS2, like, faithfully. So <clears throat> we used to go by fucking NCAA every year. So it was only, like, two people in the neighborhood that didn't like Ohio State. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, bro, we'd be playing, bro, and people would be watching, like, you know what I'm saying, how everybody get together, go play the game and shit. This before, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, multiplayer came out. Uh, uh, I mean, not, yeah, but this before online gaming and multiplayer came out, where you could, you know what I'm saying, the way we got it now. So you used to have to go over people's houses. Yes, people. You used to have to go over people's, damn, I sound old as fuck right now. You used to have to, <laughs> used to, have to go over people's houses and, you know what I'm saying, uh, play the game. So we used to uh, design our controllers. Mm-hmm. And we used to be playing, so everybody in the you know it's like mostly everybody in the room liked Ohio State. So we used to literally have to do the jersey changes. So you used to, you know how on the game you could change your jersey or whatever. Yeah, we used to literally have to make us. You had to have all either the all white jersey or you used to have to have the red and gray jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, they added a uh, they added this one thing on there where you could like switch colors on your jersey. So you can have like the old school throwbacks and all that. So yeah, bro. When I tell you we used to be confused playing that game, like people used to forget <laughs> who was who, all that. We used to be throwing interceptions. All right, bro. That game, I'm telling you, NCAA was that joint, bro. Man, I am. <clears throat> excuse me. I was talking to the homeboy Mark yesterday. We was talking about that. He was just saying how he was excited that the uh, that you know the new NCAA. Well, that they got approved, you know, to come out with a new game and all. So. I'm like, dude, me and you both, man, but, like, what we was talking about was it's probably not even going to come out on, like, more than likely they might not bring it out on PlayStation 4. And he was just saying that how he's still trying to get a PlayStation 5, but he can't, like, everybody's still out of stock. And so so he was like, when he got, no, I think he said when, when PlayStation 4 first came out or something like that, he said he had bought, like, four or five of them. And he said that he used to uh, used to sell them. Like, he would keep one, but sell, like, the other four or five of them. I'm like, dude, I said, of course, you would do something like that. So, I mean, if they do come out with it, that means I'm going to have to get a new game system. I mean, I got a PlayStation 4, but, like, man, no PlayStation 5s, man. I mean, kicking out $500 for a game system right now, it's not really what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm a very extremely cheap person. I don't really like spending a lot of money on game systems and stuff like that, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do out here in these streets. So if they do come out with that PlayStation, not not PlayStation, but if they do come out with the uh with the NCAA, which will probably be, huh, I mean, I guess they've been probably been in developments with it, um, so it could possibly come out next year. I forget when it when it was. I can't remember if it was August. No, I think it was before August. I think it was more like June or July, some shit like that. So if they come out with it next year or the year after that, I definitely gonna have to upgrade. Maybe even possibly jump on the uh 
the Xbox One. I used to have an Xbox One. Me and you already talked about that before. So um, if I have to get another one, I have to get another one. But I would definitely be upgrading when it comes to the game systems so I can have NCAA football. Because um, the one thing that sucks and then we can move <laughs> on is the fact that it's just that when you look at it, like the old, like the old graphics don't really bother me. It's just the fact that you know, like everybody got like the new jerseys and shit like that, and it's yeah, just they, like you still you rocking with the old jerseys and shit. They coming back out with it though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so and they bring fight like, back. Man, look, I am ready for it. I am ready for it, man. Because me, like, mm-hmm. I'll say this and we'll end it, but like me and Mark was talking about how with the, with the whole sediments and all that stuff done. And, like, so these players are going to be getting paid for their likeness of being on the games. And I was like, they're probably not going to come out with, like, another Heisman edition because then that means they're going to have to pay former players. Because, like, the game that I got is the uh, – it's a 25-year anniversary one. It got Barry Sanders and uh, Robert Griffin III on that joint. So it got all the Heisman Trophy winners on the game from 2012. So then that means that they would have to cut them a check and all that type of shit. They got the money, but, you know. But anyway, we went on a little rant there about gaming people. Sorry about that. But uh, but we definitely uh, about to jump into the first segment of the day, man, for our Friday episode. <clears throat> man, listen, today is the day, man. This is um, – I'm not going to lie. Okay, so I, I told y'all, you know what I'm saying, like I watched this when I was younger, of course. You know what I'm saying? It came out in 1999. The movie that we're doing today is American Beauty starring uh, oh, Kevin man. Spacey. Oh, whoa, whoa, slow down, man. Okay, I said okay. the first segment of the day, man. We got what we got. Oh, watching. that's right. Man, listen, I'm still drunk, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I do this every fucking time, bro. Um, let's get into what we watching, man. What we watching, All right, um, go ahead, man. What you got? <clears throat> okay, what I got. I had another movie. Uh, I actually started two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them caught my eye because it's the second season. And the thing that I'm going to mention today is, the first thing I'm going to mention is Lock and Key. Um, oh, second yeah, season. Second season yeah. yeah, second season came out on Netflix, man. I watched the first season last year, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you're into magic, and into that type of shit like that, you know what I'm saying? You would be into it. I, I think the second season is starting out dope. Like, I done got all the way to, like, episode, like, seven so far. Mm. So I've been on that shit heavy. Um, it's pretty good. The um, Everybody, but now it's starting to come out about Dodge, about, you know, how she made the whole switch last year, and they actually, like, kind of killed the wrong person. But um, there's a lot of different things going on in this season. It's It's a lot. It's a lot of drama. I will say that. So I'm not going to get deep, deep into it. But um, if y'all have never watched Lock and Key, if you're into that type of stuff, you will definitely enjoy it. And the other thing, I only started it because I've heard a few people talk about it. And it's like, all right, I give it a shot They're on their third season. But obviously, I got to start from the beginning. It's an HBO Max show, uh, Succession. You're hearing a lot of people talk about it. And it's just like, you know, it got that rich people douchebag thing in the very beginning. And it's okay. kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it kind of like, well, first of all, I thought the one dude was Macaulay Culkin. I did not know that dude had like four brothers. <laughs> yeah, so his <laughs> like, brother's on there. That's what everybody be talking about. Yeah, man. He's on there. And he is a douchebag. 
Like, <laughs> like, dude, let me tell you what he did, and we can move on. So, like, so this motherfucker, so his dad, it's his dad's birthday, and like his dad is like the owner of this company, and like the oldest son is like the one that's running everything now. But his dad always give him pointers and shit like that. So, long story short, they uh they went to play this baseball game. So they took these helicopters. They leave the house. They had like four helicopters out there waiting. On them. So they take the helicopters to this place where they are drawn out a baseball field. Mm-hmm. So one person couldn't play no more. So there was three Mexican people there, uh, two adults and their child. The yeah. Child was probably like 11, 12, 13 years old. And so the uh, that son, the Macaulay Culkin one, he goes up to the little boy and says, hey, can you come hit? They, he looked at the parents, can you come hit? They was like, yeah. So he was like, look, I'll make a deal with you. He said, if you hit a home run, he went and he grabbed his checkbook. He said, I will give you a check for a million dollars. Right? Yeah. So this motherfucker, he comes up and he hit. I mean, first of all, that's a lot of pressure. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash the kid. There's a lot of pressure because his parents is over there looking at him like, yo, but if you don't knock this shit the fuck up out of here, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so he hits it, and you know right out the door, oh my god. You you feeling bad already because it was mm-hmm. a terrible hit, it was a terrible swing. I mean, the ball, I mean, barely made it into the outfield. Oh, so damn. the kid is running the bases, gets thrown out at third. Mm. So the damn dude walks up to the boy with the check and basically said, like, better luck next time. Ripped the check in front of the little kid and then gave him a piece of the ripped check and said, here's a quarter of a meal right here. I was like, yo, use a fucking douchebag. <laughs> so, so, yeah. It, and yeah, that was in like fight. the first... Dude, we that was like fight. in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, not movie, fight. I'm sorry, of the series, of the first season. That's like the first 15, 20 yeah, minutes. Nah, bro, we didn't have to fight, bro. Yeah. That, that bro, you had a check out. for a million, bro, just think about that. You had a check for a million dollars in your hand. Ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no, like, better luck next time. Like, you walked up to me and ripped it up. In my face? And, yeah, and then gonna hand me a piece of it, and then you made a joke too? Oh, nah, bro, we gotta fight. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's why I met with Secession, man. I'm like, yo, man, this this shit, this shit is crazy, but it's crazy as fuck. But that's why I've been watching, man. Uh, second yeah. season of Lock and Key on Netflix. Uh, Secession on HBO Max. That's what's up, man. Um, so I also have uh multiple um joints, man. So my first uh my first two are um documentaries. You can watch them on um. I think they, I watched it on Netflix. Uh, they are the documentaries of. Um, I keep fucking forget. I don't know why I keep forgetting this shit. They documentaries of um, Woodstock. So, oh yeah, they have two of them. You know what I'm saying? The first one was, of course, in 1969, and then they did another one that was 30 years later in 1999. And um, so it's two different documentaries. You know what I'm saying? You can watch them on Netflix. It's also on HBO Max too. <clears throat> I definitely seen it on H- I seen one of them on HBO Max. But um so when you watch the one, you know what I'm saying, in uh 1969, it's a it's a huge difference between the one in um 69. So 69, you know what I'm saying, everybody peaceful, everybody chill, you know what I'm saying? It's all, you know, cool or whatever. So it's made to look a certain way, you know what I'm saying? But in the one that they did for 1999, it actually shows you like <laughs> a totally different side of not just 1999 but 1969 as well 
So for me, the one about uh, 1999 was crazy because, like, it was at some point that, you know what I'm saying, um, the water had got cut off because they was on a uh, they was on an old Air Force base. But the water had got cut off for the festival. So you got all these people out here and you barely got enough water to, you know what I'm saying, like, get around and everything else. So the water had got cut off. And then the um, the um, cleaning the cleaning truck for the porta potties had got backed up. So basically, everybody was using the porta potties, and then they start leaking that like the sewage from the porta potty start leaking out. Uh. And then not only that, the water was fucked up because a, a a pipe had got busted. Because since the water one, you know what I'm saying, like basically coming out, they literally busted the pipe just so the water start flowing. So you got leaked sewage. Then on top of that, you got a fucking busted pipe. Now, <laughs> basically, the whole camping ground where everybody was, you know what I'm saying, like putting up their tents and everything else is fucking soaked. It looked like swampland out there. And then not only that, it's another, it's like an area next to it where all the leaked out sewage from the porta potties and the water is still going over there. People are jumping in this shit, covering themselves in this shit, bro. Like, you know how, like, they have, like, mud, volleyball and all that type of shit? I don't know if you know nothing about that, but yeah, like, I mean, I do, I do. Oh, okay, but it, it, no, I know you don't. I know I'm not saying you go. I know you don't go. I'm yeah, just saying like, yeah. but you you heard like mud volleyball, right? Yeah. So basically, it's like that kind of. It looked like that kind of scene, but the, I don't think they realized that they was covering themselves in like shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so these I'm talking about, bro. They was picking it up, throwing it at each other. Like this one dude was putting it in his mouth. Like it was crazy, bro. So. As they was talking about it, they was also showing like flashbacks from 1969 where they were saying like, you know, what I'm saying the original image of Woodstock made it seem like it was so peaceful and so great. You know, what I'm saying everybody was getting along. He was like, but uh, the dude that was talking about it was like, but motherfuckers tend to forget like that shit was just as crazy as this one was. He was like, it was a gang that was going around that was literally burning down the food trucks, burning down the food stands and everything else and was selling shit out of their fucking truck. So you ain't had no <laughs> choice. If you was hungry, you ain't had no choice but to go to their truck. Like, so Woodstock was basically this, this crazy-ass fucking time, bro. It was it was wild, man. Um, And then uh, my last one is a show on Apple TV. It's called um, The Shrink Next Door. It's starring Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. I've been waiting on this to come out forever. It finally came out. It's a great show. Um, I watched like 15 minutes of it. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing yet, but so far, so good. It's actually based on real life events. Um, it's, a, it's supposed to be based on a real story. But when I tell you, bro, like Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, um, Rob Riggle, like any of them dudes, when they do like a show or a movie, anything, I'm always there for Jonah Hill, all them. Like they always do those like funny type movies. This one is a little like got some like a little bit of seriousness in it, but you know what I'm saying? They still do their thing. So, yeah, man. Um, so mine are the Woodstock documentaries from 69 and 99. You can find them on HBO Max or Netflix and then uh, Apple TV, uh, The Shrink Next Door. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I don't think I would say is I'm going to tell you how against this shit I am. Okay. So we had football practice one day and like it, it, I mean, talking about it rained all fucking day. So my whole objective is not to hit the ground today. I was yeah. like, I don't feel like getting wet. <clears throat> All right, so practice over. 
Right. So, you know, we, we, we get it all up, you know, how you do the last little ending thing. So the coach is like, look, I'll make a deal with y'all. It was a huge-ass water puddle on the side of the field. Mm-hmm. Coach said, y'all can either run y'all sprints or everybody can take a dive into the water. My ass is like, you know how when you about to say something, but then mm-hmm. everybody take off running? <laughs> I'm about to say, yo, these sprints, everybody gone. Everybody go diving through the water. I'm like, man, I spent all practice not getting wet, and now I got to take a damn slide in this damn water puddle. Man, I'm telling you, listen, when I took my slide, I never did a baseball slide a day in my life. I figured that that shit out. And dude, when I tell you, I popped up off that ground. I I don't even know how I did it. My hands didn't even touch the ground. Right. It's like I took a slide and I popped up. My whole right side was just got them soaking wet. Y'all was busted, man. Like, I was I, I was ready to run them sprints, but yeah, <laughs> these boys want to dive through the water. But mm, that's yeah. all I got though. Little, little, old story, little old story, little old story. All right, never, man, you had a I great introduction, <laughs> <laughs> But you had a great introduction going, man. Re- yeah. Reduplicate that, man. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. Forgot everything I said, so I'm just going to start on first. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> listen, man. Um, so, basically, today's uh, movie is, uh, it came out in 1999, starring um, Kevin Spacey. What was it, Annette Benny? Was that her name? Yeah. Annette Benny. Um, and this movie is, okay, so, no, I remember what I said now. So, watching it as a kid, right? <clears throat> you don't really understand, like, I didn't really get the movie. Mm-hmm. So, to me, like, this movie hit is, like, how Eyes Wide Shut was or, like, The Clockwork Orange, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of them movies that it had a bigger meaning behind it, but you, you know what I'm saying, as a kid, you don't really get that shit. you just watching it just to be watching it. So, now that I'm older, this movie hit on a totally different level, Okay. I felt everything my man Lester was going through. Bro. I felt Lester on a spiritual level, my boy. Listen, Lester was sick of the bullshit, bro. Okay, but anyway, man, this this movie is um, it's actually a lot better than I remembered it to be. Uh, rewatching it, you know what I'm saying. I remember certain parts of the movie, but you know what I'm saying. Going back, uh, going back through it, and actually, you know what I'm saying, paying attention to it and really seeing certain. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, dynamics. I mean, not dynamics. Uh, relationships throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It, you know what I'm saying? It was. I got the point of it this time. But it was. It's actually a lot, lot better than I remembered it to be. Yeah, and, and I think that's because our mind is more developed now. Yeah, I, and, and I think yeah. that we got different personal, like we got personal experiences that we didn't have in '99. I mean, shit, exactly. I wasn't even in high school yet. I was in middle school when this movie Bruh. came out. So, and even going into high school, you know, so like watching it then, like, you know, it's a little different, but now, you know, being divorced, you know, having two kids yeah. and all that type of shit, like you start to notice shit a little different. And then also being older now, it's right. like, think about it. It's just like, now we, we don't look at like the way Lester was, was looking at Angela. Mm-hmm. We couldn't, we couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Cause we was, we was her age. You know what I'm saying? Uh, younger, younger than really. her. Yeah, it's a younger yeah. than her. And it's like now, you know what I'm saying? We kind of like the older dudes, and you look at high school girls now, you're like, oh, now I see what that's doing. <laughs> like, like it's, just, it's just different. And then, but this is the thing, though. Like, a lot of them motherfuckers, like, my, my oldest is about to be in high school. Yeah. So it's like, damn, 
what what I mean it's it's just you have a different mindset. And it's like I'm sitting here trying to think like how to even do a synopsis about this movie. It's not even really oh, I got you. Because, I got oh, you. you got it. Okay. Oh, okay, yes, okay listen, I got yeah. you. Before right. I before I get there, this that's the only part I couldn't connect with Lester on was the fact that my nigga was swooning, bro, <laughs> over a fucking this nigga was swooning over a fucking high school senior, bro. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. That was she his had, daughter's friend. That's irrelevant. She has nothing to offer. Nothing yeah. to offer. She ain't well, had a job. She ain't had nothing, bro. She had a car? Fuck that car, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> bro, she didn't have nothing, bro. She ain't bring nothing to the table. I mean, she brought something to the table, but... Nah, she didn't, bro. Okay. It was her first time. Fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Yo, she was lying through the whole movie. Oh, movie you talking man. about the cap of the century? That she said. She said, "Yeah, he just you know put his pants down and basically like yanked it out." <laughs> she said. She said, "Ooh, gross." She said, "What do you mean, ooh, gross?" She said, "I liked it. I mean, basically, I just let him do it." She was like, "Wait, so." She was like, you let him do it. She was like, yeah, he for he, he's a he's a uh, what she say? He's like he's a, uh, the regular photographer for L. She was like, so basically that's the only way to get in. She was like, yeah, you're basically a prostitute. She was <laughs> like, you don't. She was like, you don't get it. You're just some uh, privileged little suburban chick. She was like, like you so are you. And then she said, so are you. You've been seventeen once and you look fat. And she walked off. She said, cut. <laughs> Hey, bro! You talking about comedy, bro? This, hey, this movie is. Uh, oh my goodness, bro! This movie was uh, so great, man. So basically, um, excuse me, if you haven't seen American Beauty, um, or if you don't remember American Beauty, it's basically a movie about, um, Lester Burnham. Lester Burnham. Yeah, Lester Burnham, who basically is having, um, to simply put it, that man was having a midlife crisis. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's the best, and that's the best way to go through it. And it basically takes you through his, um, takes you through his time and basically going through this midlife crisis and his realization of who basically he wanted to be at that time, which was actually, uh, I ain't gonna lie, it was pretty dope, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Lester, bro, because that was that he was that was the this might be the one of the dopest movie characters of all time. Uh. I can I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, obviously, there's flaws and everything, so there's some flaws in, t- in the character. But like, but the thing is, it's like kind of bone the high school senior. That yeah, and then, <laughs> and then also like the the shit that it, and a lot of it's true. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say all men are like this, but a lot right. of the times it's you know when when you when you start a kinship with with a with a female, like a lot mm-hmm. of the times. I mean, for me, anyway, like, I'm cool on a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. even if it's some shit I don't really want to do, it's like, all right, man, I'll do it for because if I don't, you know what I mean? You're going to hear this shit forever. It's never going right. to be died down. So it's kind of like Lester was the guy that was just went along with everything. Everything mm-hmm. that she wanted, Lester went along with it, and he kept his mouth shut. But what ended up happening to Lester is the two key things that changed Lester and change his life forever is going to that damn uh, basketball game, which these motherfuckers didn't show up to halftime, so they daughter had the halftime show. Oh, and I'm Lester, still curious as to how the hell they won an award. 
That motherfucker said the award-winning spinets or whatever the fuck they called them. That shit was trash. That was the worst thing <laughs> I've ever seen <laughs> in my life, bro. No, what kills me is Jane. Oh, bro. The whole time. She didn't, didn't crack smile. one smile. Not one, bro. <laughs> didn't the whole time, bro. Hey, that was, Yo, was the she, funniest thing was about it. supposed to be like gothic or something like that? I think before, before, well, I mean, they was dressing like that back then, but like, I think she was half goth. Like, she didn't, she yeah, didn't go as she, far as she like had wearing like the eyeliner all and black. the lipstick. Yeah, like she didn't go as far as wearing like the fishnets and right. all the black shit, but like, she was pretty goth though. And then, like, so then Lester is exposed to um, the biggest liar in history, uh, the Cap Queen, Angela. Oh, man. Yes. So he sees Angela and instantly this dude is in love, man. Like he Sweet. like swooning, bro. Like this, this dude, he I'm pretty sure he got um ejaculated watching that damn dance. Thanks. Because he started fantasizing about this girl immediately. I don't think I've ever fantasized about a girl that quick. Like I think I gotta have a conversation with her. I'm, I'm mad that he was, I'm like, mad that he was fantasizing about her with that trash ass them trash ass dance moves though. Like bro, I mean, nothing about that shit was like fantasizable. True. Even even the outfits wouldn't even really. You know oh what I'm saying? God. They had on sweaters, man. Like that shit looked like nineteen fifties. Uh, <laughs> no, nineteen fifties high school couture, bro. No, this is what kills me. So they got the S on their patch, but the basketball team ain't got nothing but numbers on their jersey. No bro, name, no nothing. <laughs> hey, at least I had some dudes that could dunk out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> When they was showing the basketball game, the niggas only scored one point. <laughs> <laughs> they only scored once, bro. The niggas only hey. scored once. That hey. shit cut, they cut to the scene. Dude from the other team was dunking on them niggas, bro. That shit was horrible. <laughs> hey, they team was trash, bro. Oh, that man. shit was horrible. Hey, it wasn't about them, man. Oh, so, man. So then... Yeah, they was. So then he asked like a complete idiot out in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? When he was saying, any friends of Jay's is a friend of mine. <laughs> no, you forgot the best part. You forgot the best part, bro. You forgot the best part. When they got there, right? Right before the dance started, when they got there, these motherfuckers was going up the bleachers and they was going to take their seat. That nigga fell. Fail? <laughs> Hey, hey, no, bro. no, that was lesser though. That was lesser because so, so, so then when they was leaving to take Jane to school and she was dropping less off at work and she was like, she said, she said, Lester, could you make me any more like this crazy And it's and his briefcase busted up. He said he was narrating this shit. Hey, that nigga said my wife and my daughter basically think I'm a loser. Hey, hey bro, we're crying, bro. This movie, bro. Hey. This movie, <laughs> hey, bro, this movie was hilarious. Do you hear me, man? Oh, this shit should have been that funny, bro. I don't know. I don't know what my man Lester was going through in real life, bro. Let me tell you something. That nigga had he he was he had enough of that shit, bro. But no, but but dude, but think about it though. This is what his wife. This is what his wife said to his daughter. She said, 
She said, honey, I was watching you the whole time and you didn't mess up, not once. Now, what Facts. the fuck? Facts. Come she on, was man. watching her the whole time. However, she definitely messed up. When she went to go pick up her hat, <laughs> she was off. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, that shit was hilarious. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let me get back on track. All right. So, <laughs> so, so, what was, so what I was saying was, so this is when Lester life changed when he saw Angela for the first time, mm-hmm. and then what what really fucked it up was when when Angela came over to the house and she was really just fucking around yeah. she, when she was talking to Jane, saying if your dad beefed up and got some muscles, I definitely fuck him. So now Leslie is like, oh shit, like she'll fuck me. But this is what this is what this is when the tide changed. When he ran into Ricky and he started back smoking weed, oh, it was over. Bro, he was taking life advice from that nigga, bro. Hey, life advice talking about how he haven't smoked since the 70s. He said 1973. Yeah, listen to this nigga. This nigga paid two grand, bro. For some, <laughs> some weed. For some joints, basically. This dude, this, this, no, this is the crazy part. He had a ba- he had a Ziploc bag, my guy. Full to the brim. And said, this is 300. He gave this nigga, it was, that was one-fourth that size for two grand. <laughs> Hey, the best man. part, the best part is he was in there lifting the little ass weights. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she heard the music. Yeah, she heard the music, right? <laughs> so she opened the garage door. And she said, "You smoking pot now?" <laughs> she said, "Way to be an example for your daughter." <laughs> he said, "He said." He said, "What he say? He said something. You, you money. What he say? You money. Uh, you money hungry." Uh, something grubbing freak, bro. He was, hey, he had enough uh, of it, bro. When I tell you this man it. was going through, when I tell you this man was really, he was really going through a midlife crisis, bro. But the Dude. the funny part of it is though, is when he was narrating it in the beginning, yeah. Like you, when you really didn't off. listen. You don't, you didn't understand how bad he had it until you watched this whole movie and you really see, like, oh yeah, this nigga like sucks. This nigga had, he went to the table and was eating dinner, bro. He said, he said, how was your day today? So she said, uh, 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 what's her name? Jane, Jane, Jane. Was saying whatever. So then he started telling them about his day. That nigga said, you know what? You just don't care. He said, he said you can kill that Yeah, he just came up. <laughs> that nigga gave up mid-sentence, right? <laughs> No, when he, he said, no, you can't just you can't just act like everything's cool. That that shit was crazy, bro. That shit was crazy, but 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 the narrating in the beginning, like yeah, this motherfucker was jacking off in the shower. He yeah. said, "Look at me." He said, "Jacking off in the shower." He said, "This would be the high point of my day." After this, <laughs> it's all down here for me. Hey, bro. I felt so, bro. I felt so sorry for him, though. But the to me, bro, no, it was just when he, go ahead. When he got when he got fired, though. Well, when he they asked fired. him to write, when he got no, he, when they asked him to write a a, a, a tutorial, whatever mm-hmm. about his job, and this motherfucker told him, "Hey, hey, this dude said, man, I've been here writing at this uh magazine for fourteen years. 14 He's like, you've been years. here for two months. 
and you telling me I gotta write something about keeping my job? Nah. No, but then he, when he exposed when he exposed those dude, he said, oh, yeah. yeah, basically, he said, he said, yeah, he said he basically left her with the credit card and she was staying at the Regency for like three months. He said, that's like, what did he say? He said, that was like 30 grand. Yeah, it was like 50 grand. He was like, he was like basically going around some something and he had to pay people to fuck him. And he was like, dude just looked at him like, well, nobody's getting fired yet. He was like, I just called you in here to say that you had to write something about some job. He looked up like, oh, he was like, yeah, I'm like, still, God dang, bro. But still, like, somebody's basically getting fired because somebody went with a prostitute and they, mm-hmm. they ran up the company's credit card over 50 mm-hmm. grand and now somebody got to lose their job because, but, you don't fire this motherfucker. Right. You telling the rest of the team that we gotta write this paper saying why why we uh contribute something to the company. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like that was the last thing Lester needed at that point. And it's like and then like No, you I said, think I think that was the best thing that happened to Lester. It it was because of how he finessed it. The way no, he no, finessed that shit. Not even he they now the finesse was amazing, but not even that. I think that's I think that's what kind of sent him over the edge, like because at that point, you could just tell, like, he was basically just, you know what I'm saying, like, taking it day by day. He was just going through the motions at that point. But I think in that moment when he had that, like, that outburst, I think that's what opened up his, you know what I'm saying, like, that that new lane. Like, you know what, bro, I'm sitting here. Like he said, he's been here for 14 years, and you mean to tell me because one of the higher-ups messed up that I could possibly lose my job, and I didn't have nothing to do with this shit. So yeah. – you know what I'm saying? Like his view on everything, I think, start changing from that point on. And then, like you said, also when he, you know what I'm saying, seen um when he seen Angela, that's you know what I'm saying, another thing that contributed to it. But I think at that point when he had that first meeting with Brad, I think that's what made it like, oh yeah, I'm about to make some changes in this motherfucker. Yeah, because like <laughs> so he had a meeting with Brad and then I'm thinking the next day they uh his wife have this all, like all the real estate people get together for this like this dinner oh, or celebration right. or whatever and this is what tripped me out about it is the fact of she told him basically to be fake like i yeah. need you to uh, appear to be happy she said act happy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said, right? i am happy he said i am happy honey she said no you're not oh there goes paul <laughs> i said god damn no. bro yeah, and then and then Buddy, the way she was just acting in front of Buddy, like the, oh, you know, the real estate king, and oh, then dude. it was so funny because Lester was like, he he knew it, like he felt yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, she would talk shit about him when she would pass his signs oh, she, and shit. Yeah, she was trying to act like she hated that motherfucker. Yeah, but then when she got in front of him, she you know what I'm saying? She perked up, and this motherfucker yeah, like slob, slobbed her down right in front real of quick. Buddy, but real, real quick. quick, and so. Then that's when he runs into Ricky. They go outside. And oh, no, 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 you no. forgot. You forgot the <laughs> that niggas at the bar. <laughs> Dude, oh, he no, no, cowboy. He gave that little ass shot, bro. He wasn't gonna do nothing with that. You can't even swallow that shit, man. Hey, but that was funny. And so, and this is another turning point. Not only was he smoking weed, but the the one of the bosses came out that was Ricky's yep. boss. And he was like, I'm not paying you to be doing whatever you're doing up here. Yeah. He was like, well, don't pay me. He Thanks. was like, what? He was like, <laughs> I quit. So now you don't have to pay me. And mm-hmm. then he was like, now leave me alone. <laughs> that motherfucker said, 
asshole. <laughs> he went back in because he didn't have no other response. Because motherfuckers Bro. don't, people don't react to losing their job that way. Exactly. So now Lester's like, you're my hero. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just like he start taking this nigga was taking life advice, bro, from an 18 year old, bro. Yeah, because he was like, I got other sources of income. I'd use this as a cover. My dad, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Thank that. Shout out to Ricky Fitz, too, bro. Rick, Ricky Fitz was the coldest nigga in the game. Man, Rick, Ricky Fitz was he, he was he was cold, but I mean we gotta address this, man. Ricky's weird as fuck. Like, first nice. of all. Don't just be filming me, like I like. Like I mean, even if this is a girl, like I don't, I don't want to walk into my driveway and you just fucking filming me, yo. Like, okay. Now see, that's the that's the thing that I was laughing about, bro. But he filmed everything, though. It he wasn't did like film everything. you know, what I'm like it wasn't like he was just specifically filming them. But no, like this nigga was this nigga was filming a bag twirling in the in the wind. Dude, he was filming a dead bird. Facts. He said it's beautiful. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. No, uh, uh, well, you know, toward the end, you know, what I'm saying we ain't got there yet. But toward the oh, end, yeah. after what happened, did you see his face when he went over and was looking? Hold on, which part? Which part? At the end. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You see, what, you what, see yeah, the glee yeah. on that nigga face. Yeah, and he turned his head. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh God, like what the fuck? <laughs> what, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But like, yeah, yeah Ricky, 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 really. Really changed Lester's life, man. And then yeah. that that made Lester Lester go in uh, to see the boss dude again, mm-hmm. and he's reading <laughs> he's reading what Lester wrote there. <laughs> and so I can't even remember everything that he said, but he was saying that oh yeah he did say one thing of like, and I do like taking a uh, a little break to go you know what I'm saying whack one off real quick in the bathroom. Yeah, and I'm thinking about this hell. We say and I'm thinking about working in this hell or something like that. Hey, that shit was crazy, bro. And so he was like, "Well, you really love your job." And so then he was just like, "Uh, so he said, I want a year worth of salary, and b- with benefits." He was like, "What mm-hmm. makes you think I'm gonna give you that?" And so, like you said earlier, he finessed the whole situation about how he could sell the whole company out and fuck right. everybody up. So Lester basically quit his job. Oh no. No, he added sexual harassment on top of that. Yeah, yeah, because he said that something about that. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he "What makes you?" He said, "He said, what makes you?" No, he said, "What makes you think people won't believe that you tried to uh, make me keep my job?" And what he said, he said, "What what makes you think people won't believe that you tried to let me keep my job if you offered to blow me?" He looked at that nigga like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Man, you are fucked up." <laughs> I'm like, yo, that's crazy, bro. And so, dude, this motherfucker, he leave, he leaves there, happy as fuck, singing American Woman, and uh, so he pulls up to the drive-thru. You know what I'm saying? Got uh, got to go to his victory dinner, mm-hmm. and so he seated there taking applications at this uh, fast food Money. restaurant. Burger joint, yeah. boy. A burger joint. This motherfucker goes in. He said he said he wanted an application. And old girl say, "Well, we don't have any management positions." He was like, look, I want the least amount of responsibility as possible. <laughs> so he goes in and he's talking <clears throat> to the dude. And he re- he said, he said, <laughs> he said, he said, I don't think you're gonna belong here. He said, I got he said, I got restaurant experience. He said, Yeah, 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And then he was like, I know. He said, I know there's been some advancements, but he said, I'm pretty sure y'all got some kind of training program. So that joke was just so funny. And then, like he said, <laughs> and so he was telling, he told his wife, 
She said, she said, <laughs> so Janie came home late. And so she hot. She said, she said, you just up and just lose your job. He said, no, I didn't just up and lose my job. And like, oh, where did my job go? He was like, I quit. <laughs> Hey, he said, man. pass me the asparagus. When nobody passed on the asparagus, my God. That's all <laughs> that dude passed the asparagus, man. Hey, but he was pissed about that shit, bro. Hey, but he was mad as hell, but he threw that asparagus against the goddamn wall. He was sick of that <laughs> shit. That's all he wanted, bro, was just the simple things in life. Let me tell you something. The funny part, bro. So we got to get to his wife, too, though. We definitely got to talk about his wife. Carolyn, bro, she was like... At first, it seemed like she was, like, just the epitome of, like, the suburban housewife, right? Like, she was mm-hmm. outside trimming and, you know what I'm saying, tending to her little roses and everything. She was a real estate agent. You know what I'm saying? She was getting busy cleaning the houses and trying to sell them off and everything. But in reality, like, you realize that she's really living a facade. Yeah. Like, all of this is is for show. And then um, one of the most important things was that, and it, it was it kept like being like this reoccurring thing for her. So when she was basically, um, you know, what I'm saying when she had met Buddy or whatever, when they were, I'm sorry, when they were going to meet Buddy, she was telling, um, she was telling Lester like, "Yo, I have to put on the image of success." So that's what yeah. she said in the beginning, like in that when they was at that party or whatever. So that's the first time I heard it. The second time I heard it, it was Buddy. Buddy said it. He was like, you know, what I'm saying if you want to be successful, you have to look successful basically something he said but then he told her that again you know what i'm saying later on down the line and then she also had repeated that later on down the line so that was just like her whole thing like everything had to be basically you know what i'm saying like success in the you know what i'm saying in the veil like everything i wanted you to see you know that i'm doing great everything's fine my kids is good my husband's good we have a great job a great house and in our reality though like she was really torn up in the, on the inside so she really was going through some shit, man. Like, and I think in a, in a way, like she was also going through that like midlife crisis thing too. You know what I'm saying? Cause she just felt like she wasn't getting nowhere. She just felt like she was basically at a, at a, um, like at a dead end with her job. Like she couldn't, she was trying to sell that house, bro. She couldn't sell that house for shit. And then she was lying. Like she told the, the one couple, uh, it was a lagoon-like pool. That lady said. <laughs> that, lady, that lady said, "This is basically a cement hole." <laughs> I was like, "Yo, why she do her like that, bro?" And then, like, it was she was doing this weird thing where, like, she started crying and she started talking to herself. She was like, "Stop it, stop it!" She was like, "Don't cry." She started slapping herself. I'm like, "Yo, bro, she really has a real issue, bro." She does, man. And and I think the biggest thing is, uh, and the biggest takeaway from her is being someone else and not being yourself. Right. Like, she's basically faking it before she make it. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was doing well, but I think that her problem was is she wanted to be number one. Mm-hmm. And so if she couldn't be number one, she wanted to pretend that she was number one. Exactly. And like, so then she started caring, caring more about, you know, things that don't matter. You know, mm-hmm. like one of the biggest scenes for me in this movie that I, I think that some people might not really take away from it, but what really got me was when Lester, you know what I'm saying, started putting a move on her while she was on that couch. You know what I'm saying? This is after she started feeling a little better because that's when, you know what I'm saying, Buddy, you know what I'm saying, broke the walls down. Yeah. So now, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> she's feeling good about herself. 
So. <laughs> this nigga said broke the wall now. Hey, that's hilarious, bro. I'm calling it that from now on, bro. Hey. <laughs> hey, man, hey, you know so, that girl? Yeah, I broke the wall down. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's hilarious, bro. So, so, um, so Lester is like talking to her, and he's like, yo, what happened to you? And she was like, what you mean? He was like, you like joyless. And this is what one thing that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And this is and see, this this is why now I would never do this. But this is why women they know what to say to make you want to kill them. Mm-hmm. Because what she said when he said that you're a joyless, and she was like, There's a lot of things that you don't know about me, Mr. Smarty Man. It's like, yo, that's some bullshit. Because right. you know you just cheated on them. You right. know what I'm saying? But right. you're giving you're giving mm-hmm. the assumption that you did without saying it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and see, and that's the and that's that <laughs> fucked up shit that you know what I'm saying. I ain't gonna say all, but that some women do because she knows she's wrong for for cheating on that man because Lester didn't do anything like as far as like they had an argument and he was like she said I would divorce you so fast your head was spin. He was like on what ground? He was like because I do everything I'm supposed to do when it's married. You got to yeah. have some kind of reason to divorce me. So to get back to that scene, so Lester is like yo, what happened to you? He was like, you used to be the girl that would fake her seizure, a seizure at a place to basically, you know what I'm saying, to mm-hmm. fuck with people. Like, he was just talking about all the wild shit that she used to do when they first got together. He was like, what happened to that person? And so he's, you know what I'm saying, kissing on the neck. And you thinking like, damn, like Lester finally about to smash his wife. Right. And then he had a beer in his hand. And so she turned her head and it's like, you're going to spill beer on the couch. It's like, the fuck? And she's like, this is a uh uh Italian silk something, you know what I'm saying? He was like, he slapped and then this is the perfect, the perfect thing to happen. He mm-hmm. he started throwing the pillow on the couch and said, It's just a uh he said it's just an odd couch, and he threw the pillow down, and it popped up and it fell on the other couch. I thought it was funny. <laughs> but <laughs> but the thing is, it's an intimate moment going on between you and your husband. Yeah. And you stopped the whole shit to say he about to spill beer on the couch. It's like that shows you like where her priorities is. But also at the same time, Lester was feeling good because Lester got the car that he always wanted. A 1970 Firebird. You know what I'm saying? Mm Because she pulled up in the driveway all happy and shit. You know what I'm saying? Saying nobody's going to rain on my parade and shit. And then she pulled up and there's a goddamn Firebird sitting out there. And then she's like trying to get on, him. and that's what I'm saying. He told you, "Yo, I got a salary for a year." You know what I'm saying? I still got a job. Yeah, 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 it's a fast food job, but I got a job. I got a job, so I got two sources of income coming into me. Basically, yeah. I traded my car in to get another car. What fuck is difference does it make? No, no, no. This is, not only that though. Not only do he have two sources of income, he still got benefits, bro. Yeah, like we still got insurance, dinner, we got all that. Yeah, and it's like, like if anything, you should be praising me by now. Like this is exactly. this is the move of the century. And I'm working out getting my body back together. Come I on, mean, what? not for you, but yeah, you know but that ain't the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I'm at the he. My man was in a happy place, bro. My nigga was smoking pot again, bro. My nigga was working out. I'm talking about he jogging in the neighborhood, like he more, you know, what I'm saying personable now. He talking to people. He opening up. Like this is what you wanted, right? You wanted that image of success. I'm trying to give it to you. Exactly. 
Exactly. But now we got to listen, man. We got to talk about Colonel Fitz. Listen, Y'all first of all, goodness. why are you still calling yourself a goddamn colonel? And you've know, been out in the military for about 20 years, my guy. Okay, no, That's listen. the one thing that tripped me out about him. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let me tell you something about this dude, right? I know this dude in real life. Oh, okay? man. My uncle is the exact same way, bro. When I tell you, like, everything about this man is military from the way he talked, the way he walked. I'm talking about his getting up, going to sleep, all that, like, he, I get it. I like Colonel Fitz. I know exactly who that dude is. I know exactly who that dude is. Like when I tell you from head to toe, every fiber in his being is military. That's my uncle in real life. Hey, that's crazy. Well, I hope your uncle ain't exactly like Colonel Fitz. Oh, no, no, Fitz not like that. Was, Colonel Fitz was uh, bullshit too, though. Well, first of all, he was a, a homophobic asshole, but then you figured out why he was so homophobic. Uh, but like, but then just the fact of like, I mean, I'm gonna put it, throw his wife in there too. There ain't too much to say about it, but like, I don't really know what it was. I don't know. It, she had some kind of disability. I don't. I don't. I don't really know what yeah, we would she call that. Definitely had a, a mental, uh, a mental issue for real. Yeah, she, she had. had a, I mean, not a mental issue, some mental health problems. Yeah, she had definitely had mental health problems. Like mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying it was one situation. Ricky came in. Nobody said nothing. And then his whole demeanor changed when Ricky came home. Like, he was sitting there having fun watching this military movie. Then Ricky come in. He straightened up and everything just go crazy. So they're just sitting there. I'm glad you brought that up because, to me, I think he was trying to put on, like, once again, he was putting on a facade for Ricky. Because, like you said, we found out why he was so homophobic. But to me, it just it seemed as if, like, he was trying to – he was trying to basically – show Ricky of a way to be or the way he wanted to be. So he, he, I think he looked at it like, if if I can't be this way, I at least want my son to be this way because I don't want my son to be like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because like, he, it's <laughs> like he had so much joy. And then mm-hmm. when Ricky come in, his joy went away. It's like he wanted right. Ricky to be like the serious, you know, straightforward guy. And, and I think that he was trying to push Ricky towards the military but I don't think Ricky ever showed that he ever wanted to go into the military. Definitely so, not. So he would, you know, put on this facade and like he would, you know, tr- you know, treat him like he was in a military type of shit. Mm-hmm. And like um, the neighbors. And this is another one, man. They, they didn't do. They didn't. Um, Halloween took a took a Halloween kills took a t- new approach. You know what I'm saying? They just called little John and Big John. Remember the neighbors with hey, Jim and Jim. Jim and Jim. Yeah, JB. Yeah, everybody comes JB. So they come over and give them like a gift basket to welcome them to the neighborhood. And so you know, he was like, "I don't know why these f words." So out in front with it, now this type of shit. Mm-hmm. And then I think even Ricky, I don't think Ricky had a problem. Ricky didn't give two fucks about what his dad was talking about, bro. But he wanted to give his dad the appearance that mm-hmm. he did. Because remember mm-hmm. what he said on the way to school. He was like, you know, they make me want to, you know. My fucking guts out. Yeah, so yeah. I think he was just doing that to put on the front. Really, this whole movie is a lot of fakers at the end of Facts. the day. Facts. Like, everybody is pretty much faking this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only person that really wasn't fake was Jane, but she wanted to be fake. Nah, she was faking it, too. What was she faking? She, you know, she wasn't faking just that she the, wanted a boob job. I, know, which I don't know that. why. I mean, but in a sense, in a sense, yeah, that's basically the same fucking thing. Like, she wasn't happy about who the fuck she was. 
Like yeah. she wanted to, and she, you know, what I'm saying her having a boob job is basically enhancing herself to basically feel good about who the fuck she was. When in all actuality, you know, what I'm saying like none of them motherfuckers was really going through any real issues. Like to me, this to me, this movie is like it reeks of fucking privilege because like the fact that you know, what I'm saying they living in this amazing house and in this amazing neighborhood and you know what i'm saying like the mom is a fucking real estate agent the fucking dad working at a fucking uh a magazine, magazine you know what i'm saying company for 14 fucking years you know what i'm saying she going to a school like even when you know what I'm saying she was talking to um carolyn when uh when they was in the room and she was she said something and then carolyn slapped her and was like you spoiled little brat like when i was fucking your age i was in the duplex we didn't even have our own house you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. just the fact that, you know what I'm saying, they all had this, you know, like, they was living amazing lives. It yep. wasn't like they was really going through some real shit. Like, these motherfuckers was at school smoking cigarettes in the courtyard. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's what, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, that's the type of life that they were living. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, for them to really be going through that shit, it just really goes to show you, like, yo, if you really not happy with yourself, like, it don't matter what the fuck you have. It don't matter how much money you have. How, uh, what type, what type of house you have? What kind of car you drive? Like, all that shit is irrelevant because in the in the bigger scheme of things, like you don't, you're not happy. Like all that shit is just basically masking the fact that you are fucking miserable. Yeah, and that's what this whole movie was all about. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so now we'll get to the to the the biggest turning point in the movie. Like, the dad always has suspicions. He would think that Ricky Ricky was a very secretive person. Mm-hmm. And he thought that Ricky was gay, yeah. and cause the reason he thought Ricky was gay was because when the when Jim and Jim was running, and Lester was running with them one day, he was like, "What is this, a gay pride parade?" Yeah. You know. And so he came to talk to Ricky, and well, he he made an excuse or something about a, a, a videotape or something. Right. So they went in, and that's when he made the sale. If you don't know, Ricky's a drug dealer. So right. anyway, so he's like, "Why is Ricky going in the house?" With the dude that's running with two gay dudes, which mm-hmm. which was kind of stupid because it's like just because I'm in the neighborhood running with my neighbors and they both just happen to be gay means that I'm gay too just because I'm running with them. Like to make that whole assumption is crazy. So then anyway, he gets a page, uh, a couple of you know about an hour within the movie, and he's like, you know, Jane left her uh, chemistry book. I got to run it over there. So. Connor Fitz thought it was something wrong with that. So he's like, let me investigate. He's looking and Lester's in there working out. Ricky comes in. And so Ricky is rolling a blunt. Lester is sitting in the chair right beside of him, but looking from it the looked view. Like it was some, yeah, it looked like it was yeah. a lot of shit going on. It, look, it looked <laughs> like Ricky was giving him some heads, fellatio, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I got to mention this one part. Hey, when Lester was in the bed, Daydreaming about uh well not daydreaming but dreaming about motherfucking Angela dude mm-hmm. and this motherfucker's jacking off and Carolyn called him she was like what are you doing he's like nothing <laughs> she's like, she like, she like no she said are you masturbating he's like yeah I'm masturbating he said yeah I'm choking a monster he's like I'm <laughs> sta- he said I'm shaving the carrot. <laughs> so say hello to my monster. He's like, hey, that was so fucking funny. Shaving the carrot, my guy. Hey, I'm telling you, but I gotta use that. I gotta find a way to put that in my vocabulary, dude. Bro, shaving the carrot. That yeah, shit was hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, to go back to the scene, so it looks like 
Ricky's giving him head, but he's really rolling the blunt. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, what's her name? Uh, Angela and um, Jane. Jane is on the way home, and mm-hmm. they just had an argument because she's like, yo, don't fuck my dad type of shit. So they pull up, and then Ricky and uh, Lester take off running. So Colonel like, yo, there's some, some weird shit going on here. Mm-hmm. So they go in. So Ricky goes home. Well, actually, I think he, I don't know where Ricky go. But anyway, so Angela come in, like, you know, Miss Ronald, look like you've been working out. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So she grabbed his arm and shit. And he was like, you like that muscles? And then that's when she was like, oh, shit, shit, I got too real. Let me go see what Jane doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what that should have told you right then and there. Like, why, why did her whole demeanor change? Because she talked about how much she loved the attention. But mm-hmm. then when he actually showed her attention, she ran off scared. Right. And so then... <clears throat> then Colonel, he comes over in the rain, soaking oh, wet. Lester, like, yo, what the fuck? So Lester opened up the garage, and he's like, yo, like, like, what's wrong? And so he's just like, you know, let me get you out of these wet clothes or whatever. And then he said something about his wife. He said, he's like, your wife is not here. He was like, nah. He said, he said, is your, he said, is your wife home? And then he was like, nah, he says he's probably out banging the prince of uh, real estate or something. He was like, and guess what? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he said, your wife is out with another man. He said, hey, you don't care. He was like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so he then, was sick of his shit. <clears throat> yeah, he was sick of the shit. And I think that the way that he took it was, mm-hmm. oh, you, because he said that this is just a front. Right. Like this marriage ain't really a marriage. Exactly. And I think that he looked at it like, I'm living no, he, different. No, my he wife is like, oh, he really is gay. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But he also thinking about himself too. Like, mm-hmm. well, my my like my wife is a friend. Like, mm-hmm. our marriage ain't really a marriage, right? And so he go like he gives him a hug, and you know, Lester don't think there's nothing weird about it. And then all of a sudden, this motherfucker tried to slide him down real quick. Fact. He was like, yo, you got the wrong impression. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I think that. The embarrassment of of that neglect of him being like turned down, and now Lester actually knows that he's gay, and then that opens up that like that scene there tells you the whole time like oh shit, Colonel was a fraud the whole goddamn time. The and I reason think it why- was I think it was more so not even just like embarrassment, but I mean it, of course it's embarrassment, you know what I'm saying? But it's also confusing, like. You could tell, like, this is something he'd been struggling with his whole life at this point. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was, I think this was the thing that kind of, you know what I'm saying, exposed, like you said, it basically exposed who he really was. But it was that confusion of, you know, him having to raise a son, him, you know what I'm saying, trying to live the American life, you know what I'm saying, being such an outstanding American. But on top of that, him being so homophobic to the fact of, like, you know what I'm saying, he think that because you run with, two gay dudes that you gay too. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just thinking like you could just be running with two gay dudes because they two cool dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, matter of fact, y'all neighbors at that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even when he had, excuse me, even when they had brought over the, um, the basket to him, they was like, you know what I'm saying? There's some stuff from our garden, but you know what I'm saying? Not the pasta, you know, we got it from whatever. He was like, um, he was like this, I'm Jim and this is my partner, Jim. And he was like, what you guys selling? They was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, we're not selling yeah. anything. He was like, yeah, well, you said your partners. He was like, so what's the job? 
So then, you know what I'm saying? Like, they made the joke, like, well, I'm a something, and he's an anesthesiologist. He just stood there and looked at him. It was like, bro, you know what the fuck they meant, man. Yeah. Like, so it was just, I think it was just that confusion. And then I think with them two specifically, it was that jealousy. Like, the fact that they can be so open and really be who they are. Because truthfully, throughout the whole movie, them was, to me, the only two that, well, them two, nah, not even Ricky. Like, them two was really the only two that was just, like, cool with everything that was fucking going on. Yeah, like they really just had their shit together. They was they was who they were, and they was living yeah. their fucking life. They was the happiest people in the whole movie. Exactly, exactly. They were the happiest ones. So, so then Ricky finally comes home. Dad come in and start beating the shit out of him, and like saying that you know that he's gay and all this type of shit. And then Ricky's like, "Oh, okay, so that's what we're doing." He's like, "Man, I'm the best piece of ass in three states." <laughs> 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 So Ricky got that line to him, and so Ricky's like, "Yo, I'm done with the shit. Like, I can't, I can't continue to live like this, you mm-hmm. know." So, so he leaves the house. He goes over and tells Jane, "Like, yo, like, and Jane, Jane and, and um and Angela's in there arguing still about you know her fucking her dad or whatever, or maybe that she would. Right. And so then mm-hmm. he comes in and is like, "Yo." If I had to go to New York tonight, would you go with me? And she's like, yes. And she was like, well, we could take my three grand for my boob job. And that's another thing. You're 18 with three grand. I would Come love on. to have three grand at 18. Come now, on, his man. money's different. <laughs> this motherfucker got $40,000, my guy. Facts. You know what I'm saying? As an 18-year-old. Now, he's selling drugs. Listen, but, he, he could have went to New York and lived comfortably. Yeah, in 99? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's good. And then he said he knew people that could set them up. Yep. So... She's like, she's like, you can't go to New York. You're a kid. <laughs> she was like, so, <laughs> so then the whole thing, this whole thing about being ordinary. And like, so anyway, she was like, I'm she's like, why do you even care? She was like, because I'm your friend. And he was like, you're not her friend. She's just somebody that you want to feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, all she ever did was brag about herself when she mm-hmm. was with Jane. So like she was faking it. Not only and Jane was that she was having sex. Too, so who was? Jane was. Well, yeah. And I think that Angela's friendship with her was like like he said, mm-hmm. just someone that you can feel better about yourself. Exactly. And I think that her being in 17 at one time, I think that she was trying to get back to that point again. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to she needed justification for herself to feel better. And she right. used Jane to do that. Right. And when he told her that she was ordinary, oh, man, she was done. She was done, though. So she walked out the room. She's crying on the goddamn steps and shit. And so... Uh, That's what she made her mind, though. She said, I'm going to fuck her dad. <laughs> well, at the, and then at the same time, there's a lot of shit going on at this time. Thanks. Because something that we skipped over... So... When Lester said that my wife is with another man to uh to Colonel, mm-hmm. he just saw it because he was at work earlier that day. Yep. At, you know what I'm saying? He heard her voice in the drive-through. Mm-hmm. So they come pulling around and Lester like No, uh, this nigga buddy, this nigga buddy was getting groovy with her, bro. He was kissing all on her neck and everything. Like he was putting the moves on her. Putting the moves on her, but in the drive through so Lester's like, welcome to Smiley's or whatever. That, I think it was Smiley's. He was Mr. like, welcome Smiley. to Smiley's. Mr. Smiley's, he was like, do you want any sauce to go with your fries? And she's like, 
oh shit, Lester. <laughs> and then uh and so then like she's she tried to tell him to shut up or something. And then the late oh the lady says, uh, like you're wrong or something like that. She said busted. He was like, You're she like busted. She was like, be quiet. He's like, look, you're on her jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> <She's not competitive." laughs> and so then she said something. He was like, Look, you don't get to tell me what to do like anymore. Yeah, like Ever so, again, you ever again. So so basically he, he got justification that his wife was cheating on him. And so Lester is like so free at this point. Mm-hmm. And so so Carolyn is in her car listening to this tape talking about how she is not gonna be a victim. Mm-hmm. And she's holding this gun, keep talking about how she ain't gonna be the victim because her and Buddy, Buddy's just like, yo, we you know, we gotta chill out for a while. So now yeah. what I don't Buddy understand. Okay, so we got. I got a question that I want to okay. ask you, but, but we, we'll get there. So, like I said, this scene, it's a lot going on mm-hmm. within like a 15-minute span. Right. So Carolyn's in her car acting crazy listening to this damn tape by not being the victim. So then, uh, after the whole kissing scene, Lester is getting <laughs> a beer. Then Angela comes down. And so then he put the moves on Angela. And then, so he's about to finally smash Angela. He finally got to see what he been wanting to see the whole damn movie. Like they teased her showing her breath through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So they finally do it. Mm-hmm. And so then Lester's like, "Dude, I know people got this thing with Kevin Spacey right now, but yo, this motherfucking act, the facial yeah. expressions that he had, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Not just in that moment, but throughout the movie. But I'm just talking about this moment specifically, but like." When he was looking, like, he literally looked like this is the best thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Like he had yeah. that look on his face. And they was average boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. They was average, bro. So so Lester is like, so then Lester's going in for the kill. And she says, It's my first time. And Lester's like, Are you fucking kidding me? All this shit I've been hearing about what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Like and and I think that that was that one <laughs> adult moment for Lester to be like, I shouldn't be the one to take your virginity. Like, mm-hmm. like you you need to smash one of you dudes your age before you know before I do this. So he don't mm-hmm. do it after he buttered her up and told her that she wasn't ordinary and all this shit. So now he talked her down. So they had a conversation. They're good. And so then, this is my question to you, Carolyn. Had the gun. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, was her intention? Was her intention was to shoot Lester, or was the whole teasing of the gun was just to get us to think that she was the one who shot him for the first like thirty seconds? Because I don't get why she was holding the gun. Like, because I don't think that she was gonna kill Lester, or do you think that she was gonna kill him because? She knew that because she got caught with infidelity, that Lester would, you know what I'm saying, would mm-hmm. be entitled to have her shit, so she was gonna kill him. Like, to like, what do you think, So She wasn't gonna get nothing in that divorce. But I think it was more so the fact that, yeah, she her intentions was to kill Lester, bro. Like it had to so be. So you think so? Facts. Listen, you get caught cheating on this man. Before mm-hmm. you even get caught cheating on this man, oh, you already know that he was on the on the verge of leaving you to begin with. Like he didn't give a fuck about the marriage at that point because you know what I'm saying he was going through his midlife crisis. Then 
all the stuff that you was going through. And then like, you, you know, and this is why I kept talking about her, uh, her and buddy bringing up that to the image of success thing, because now that's gone. Like once, once all that happens now, how is she going to create that facade? How is she going to have that facade? She don't have that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like at this point, that shit is over and done with. So for her, I think it was just like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, he she I think she looked at it that he ruined everything for her. You know what I'm saying? Like she basically never took accountability for anything. Just the fact like even remember, you know, what I'm saying going back to the beginning of the movie when he was narrating, he was just talking to her and she was over there talking to the neighbors. And he was like, look at her. You know, what I'm saying you would think that she's this happy, you know, what I'm saying suburban wife, but she's really miserable on the inside. You know what I'm saying? How he was like, she's she's doing a great job acting or something. Like, I wonder how she does it. But just even the fact that, you know what I'm saying, like she can even take it to that, you know what I'm saying, to that length. Even, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seemed as if she was trying to do everything in her power to make people like her and be accepted and everything else. Cause like even when they was talking about the lagoon part. Uh, with the pool and she was like there's no plants or nothing around here and she was like i mean look at this right here is this not a plant and she was like i mean if you want i could call my uh i could call my um landscaping guy (laughs) yeah like just the fact that you know i'm saying she was she was reaching so much to even be you know i'm saying like once again accepted so i think yeah she definitely had intentions on killing that man okay like because the the one thing that throws you off is when okay so uh, the mystery's out the bag. It ended up being Colonel Fitz who's the one who shot Lester. Mm-hmm. And I think Lester was at that point because An- Angela asked him, how are you? He was like, it's been a long time since anybody asked me that question. Mm-hmm. He was like, at this, like, basically at this point right now in my life, with all the bullshit that I'm going through, he's like, I'm yeah. actually great. Like, right. This is the best I felt basically in years. And mm-hmm. so he's looking at the picture of his wife and his kid and, you know what I'm saying, get shot in the head and it's, and it's kind of fits. And I think a lot of it with him is the fact of the cat's out the back. This man now knows that you're gay. Mm-hmm. And I think that he would never be able to face him again because he knows that he's gay and he's not gay. So now I have to get rid of you. Not only did you reject me, but now you know my secret. So now you mm-hmm. got to go. So I can't have no paper trail for anything to lead back to me. But Carolyn came in the house. She sees him. And then she goes and she goes in, in the Lester's closet and falls on his clothes. And she's crying hysterically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it the fact that Lester's dead? Is it the fact that she didn't get to do it? Or is it the fact of maybe she was just holding that gun because the gun made her feel a different way? I and think- I think that. I think you're right about that gun part. The gun definitely kind of gave her that power because, like, you know what I'm saying? If you, even if, like, you just paid attention to it, her having to have affirmations of, you know what I'm saying, telling herself, I won't be a victim. You know what I'm saying? I won't be a victim. Even remember when she was cleaning the house, when she was doing, going through that shit, she was like, I'm going to sell the house today. I'm going to sell the house today. Like, you know what I'm saying? She kept having this, like, this mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a great mindset to have of trying to, you know what I'm saying, stay positive, manifest things like that. But, it's a difference when you yourself don't even believe in it for real. You know what I'm saying? Like you doing it because you think this is what successful people do. When the truth of the matter is, is that, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, a different life you have to live like that. And, and once again, going back to it, like they keep talking about the image of success when you can't have an image of success. You just have to be successful. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a total yeah. difference. Like, if you want to put on a facade, that's cool. People do it on Instagram now all the time. But it's a difference when you actually are that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's all about how you feel. You can have all the succession. Well, like, they always say, yeah. like, we can sit back and we can listen to these people, these famous people always say, yo, it ain't, mm-hmm. about, the money, it ain't about the money. But when you're younger and you're like, well, dude, you got the money, so it don't matter. Exactly. But when you start hearing about all of these actors and actresses and entertainers and all this shit, they're not really happy. Nope. They got the money, but they're not happy. So they use a drug. Example of that too. Yeah, it's like so everybody seems good on the outside. Mm-hmm. Really, on the inside, everybody's dying inside. Exactly. And and it, that's what really this movie movie is about. And they call it American Beauty. It's mm-hmm. like that's what American Beauty is. To a lot of people are using the image that they're good yeah. and that everything is beautiful, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. And I think that this with this movie protected up, uh, projected to us, and I think that's the reason why it won all the awards that it did. Thanks, yeah. Because we, me and you, had this whole conversation before we started. Mm-hmm. We was looking at all the movies that came out in '99, and yeah. like, dude, it was some bangers to come out in '99. Definitely was. But I get the reason why this movie, this particular movie, won the awards that it did. Because yeah. once you figure out the deeper meaning of it, yeah. it's like, okay. Now I get it, and that's what I was. That's what I was saying when in the beginning, like you know, what I'm saying co- coming back and watching this now at 33 is totally different because not only do you know, what I'm saying you understand what's going on, you know, what I'm saying like you were saying, being older, being you know, what I'm saying married and divorced and then having kids and everything else, but you also um, you also understand just the fact of you know what I'm saying you you get what Lester is going through you know what I'm saying even if you weren't married like even just having a relationship you understand the fact of one minute you know what I'm saying it's the happiest thing going on in your life and the next minute you just going day by day going through the motions you know what I'm saying like ah oh, I gotta get up see her again like you feel that so you understand him you get what he's going through and then you know what I'm saying you even get what Carolyn is going through like she's trying to be this picture perfect housewife and you know what I'm saying also to be a job and be the you know the new age woman and all these other things and it's just like man like these people really are trying to put on a fucking show when they really don't even have to and I think with Lester the good thing about him was he really just kind of went back in time like even remember he was saying like uh when he was talking to Ricky he was like man he was like you know what I'm saying at 18 you know what I'm saying I had I was flipping burgers and he was like man he was like i was having the time of my life he was like oh oh and then he said he said it took me a whole summer to get enough money to buy yeah, an a-track you're right right he said it took me enough money to get a, a whole summer by a-track so ricky was like man that must suck he was like nah not really he was like shit i was getting paid it was like man i was getting it was like i was getting girls bro like shit that was the best time of my life so i think that's what i think that's what the you know what i'm saying going back to the burger joint, you know what I'm saying, flipping burgers, and then not only that, going back and getting the Thunderbird, and you know what I'm saying, like, he was trying to re, he was trying to rehash that, um, that feeling that he had at 18, or, or when he was younger, you know what I'm saying, when he had that freedom, when he had fun, you know what I'm saying, he was loving life at that time, and you know what I'm saying, like he said, when he was like, man, you listen to, um, I think it was Pink Floyd. Yeah, Pink Floyd was like, man, you listen to Pink Floyd? Was like, I ain't had, I ain't listened to this album in like 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So now he's going back, working out, listening to Pink Floyd, smoking again. Like he was really like learning to love life again. And I think that was the, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the reason that he was having so much success for real. Like, 
think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like you supposedly got fired from your job, but not only did you get fired, you don't got to work there no more. They giving you a whole year salary. You know what I'm saying? With benefits. Then you went to go get another job that same day. You flipping burgers. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you want the least amount of responsibility possible. You got that. Find out that your wife cheating on you. You at this point, you don't give a damn no way because you really want to fuck with her. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He got you a Thunderbird. You know what I'm saying? Like, you straight. So, like, he was really, like, he really learned or got back to learning how to love life. And I think that yeah. was really just, like, the, the whole moral of this movie. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? All this money, all these houses, all that shit, that shit don't matter. You have to learn how to enjoy you. You know what I'm saying? If you can't do that, then all that stuff is just, you know what I'm saying, basically a facade. Yeah, and before we get to the fire flames, I just want to answer the question that I answered to you. Mm-hmm. I think that the gun was more of she had confidence to say what she wanted to say when mm-hmm. it was in her possession. I don't think her intent was to kill Lester. I okay. think her intent was to to try to save her marriage. I yeah. think that she was going to try to convince Lester that it was over between her and Buddy and that she wanted to work on their marriage. But I think really? that that gun gave her the power to say that. I think that she never had the confidence and the power to say it Mm-hmm. So I think that with the because if um if you go back to the scene when she first fired a gun in that gun yeah. range, yeah, and she was just like, "Yo, like <clears throat> the feeling I have when I when I shoot this gun." Remember, she was listening. Nobody's gonna rain on my, my parade on her mm-hmm. way home. So like that gun gave her this this like for Lester it was the weed and it was the working out and mm-hmm. you know the firebird for her it was the gun. Yeah, And I think that the gun was just the thing that gave her that confidence to actually go in there because the way she reacted when she went and started laying on Lester's stuff in his closet, mm-hmm. I don't think she wanted Lester to die. I think she wanted to save her marriage at that point. Okay. But okay. I mean, but but what you're saying, though, I, it could be both things. It could just really be yeah. how you interpret no, it. No, actually, what you're saying actually makes a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? Thinking back on it, actually, because I think that, you know what I'm saying, especially like when she got caught at the... um she got caught at the draft in the draft with, with Buddy, and then Buddy, you know, what I'm saying, kind of like ditched her. Like in a moment like that, you know, what I'm saying, you don't expect for a motherfucker to just be like, "Well, shit, all right, then I'm gone." You don't think about shit like that, you know what I mean? Like that's some that's some tough shit to deal with. And then you know, what I'm saying, to get dumped on top of that. So not only <laughs> did you get caught, by your boyfriend dumped you. So she was really going through. Then she's sitting there crying. He ain't consoling her or nothing. And then nigga said. Yeah, I'm going through a really expensive divorce, so <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yo, like, so now nah, I, I feel you though. That that makes a lot of sense. That's what's up. That was, what's man. Up. So, uh, fire flames, bro. You ready? Let's go. All right. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. All right, man. So, um, yo, I, I, I'm kind of. Uh, Fuck it, bro. I'm I'm going five, bro. This movie is really <laughs> this movie is really I get it. Like this movie really is better than I really thought it was. Like it's it's funny, you know what I'm saying? It has a great principle to it, great moral. Um the acting is is great. The acting is great. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey, yo, this might be to me, this might this might have been like the best fucking movie he's ever done. And he's been in some shit. Like Horrible Bosses was funny as fuck to me. Like he was a fucking asshole and horrible bosses, but this like I think he did his joint in this one. But um, yeah, like I'm going five, bro. That's that's it. I ain't mad at it. Um, but to answer what you said, like I will go his second, 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 uh, 
Because I mean, you know how I feel about the negotiator. Mm-hmm. Um, and he killed that as well. Um, honestly, man, I'm, I'm like you, man. Like going back and watching it again, it's like, yo, it's it's a whole lot better now with age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four point five. Okay. Uh, I can see where you get the five. I mean, I'm right there, dude. This is like a four point eight, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that what this movie does is like when you watch it when you mature, mm-hmm. and you actually been through life, real life shit. Cause see, that's yeah. the thing. I think that if you never really been through <clears> some shit, or if you never um, experience things. I think that you would view this movie different, but like actually going through some shit and mm-hmm. actually having those moments where you don't like yourself or you're faking something or whatever like right. that, you you interpret this movie different. Mm-hmm. And I get the hype that it got in 99. Now I get it being a 36-year-old. It's like, yeah. now I understand why this movie got the hype that it did. Yeah. And speaking of that, yo, I mean, we ain't really got the time now because we got to get to these games. Mm. But, man, me and you had a conversation about the year 99. Y'all oh, yeah. do not understand. Like, yeah. the movies, if y'all just Google. Great year, bro. Man, if you Google the movies that came out in 1999, I mm. think what it was with the Y2K shit when they told us yep. our power was going to yep. cut off at 12 o'clock. <laughs> the end of the world was coming. Yeah, <laughs> we got to put out some joints, bro. Hey, but everybody put their movies out, man. Yeah. It was some great fucking movies to come out. Yo, 1999 was a wild-ass year, bro. It really was, man. It really was. Like, like <laughs> just the Y2K scare alone. <laughs> yeah. That shit was so yeah. crazy. Got, got, your, got your ass up, man. You know what I'm saying? Mom has canned goods in the house. Well, we sit here. We, well, we for sure that got down when, when, because everybody watching uh, uh, Times Square at this point, yep. and everybody thinking, like, when they, their clock hit zero, the, all the lights go shut off in, well, <laughs> in Times Square. We, listen, as a country, we were so fucking stupid to believe yeah. that we the computers up. wouldn't recognize the year 2000. <laughs> Oh my God, yo! We definitely got to talk about 1999. Hey, I'm telling y'all, we came. We on this joint, bro. Yeah, we yeah we got to do something. We 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 got down just the shit that came out in 99. It's it's wild. Yeah, for this movie to be the the most recognized, now I understand Mm -hmm. as an adult who's been through some shit. So yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'm right there at the five. I ain't gonna lie to you, but I'm right there. But I'm right there because you you like if. It depends on how you interpret it because there's a lot of weirdo shit going on in this movie, and we ain't even mentioned the fact that Lester was really a on the low kind of a pedophile. You know, what I'm saying? Kind of, that nigga was a fucking pedophile. <laughs> that was in high school. <laughs> yeah, the fuck man, he was in high school, bro. Yeah, that was his so, daughter's friend. Dude, while her daughter's upstairs, he about to smash his daughter's friend on the couch. On the couch, bro. Then let me tell you, this was the crazy part though. When she pulled out them average boobs, he was about to get busy on them though. But when she said it's my first time, this nigga just laid his head on there. He still got the feel on her, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. He still got a feel. He still got a feel. He got him on the face. Yeah, he was taking snapshots of the pit in his mental, bro. He was adding in the spank bank. Like, come on, my G. What are you doing? (laughs) That shit was crazy, man. Oh man, that's, that's wild. So crazy, man. Wait, wait, All right, man, let's get to 
coming soon. All right. So um, next episode, man, we got an appreciation episode. We're going to show some love to my man, Thomas Hanks. You know what I'm saying? Father of Chet Hanks. Um, most people know him from Castaway, uh, Toy Story. You know what I'm saying? They might not know his face, but they definitely know his voice. And um, for me, I know him, you know what I'm saying, from Big. Man, I got an underrated movie for you. That okay. I mean, you know, a lot of people think of Forrest Gump. You know what I'm saying? People think of Philadelphia. He's been through so many. But, like, yo, one of his best performances that nobody talk about. Do a league of their own, my guy. Hmm. With motherfucking uh, Gina Davis, yo. Mm-hmm. With that motherfucker, <laughs> what that motherfucker said. That motherfucker said, He's, "Are you crying? There's no crying in baseball." <laughs> hey, hey, he was a drunk old. Uh, he was a drunk old baseball player, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had him coaching women's softball, dude. He was not feeling that shit. Hey. hey that, bro, you want to talk about comedy? Castaway, but... no, cast bro. I get it. I get it. But he was by himself acting. This is true. Castaway had a terrible ending, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Terrible ending. I mean, I get Helen Hunt moving on, but still, you know what I mean? What was she supposed to do? I mean, yeah, she was supposed to move on. I mean, everything he did. I mean, he was gone for like, what, like five years or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. No, the like, fact yeah. that this nigga was surviving five fucking years on the island by himself is amazing. Eating coconuts and catching fish. This nigga learned how to fish. This nigga learned how to build boats. That's what I'm saying. Like, bro, this nigga was literally, yeah, like he really was, you know what I'm saying? Talking to Wilson. Yo, when he lost Wilson, bro, that was the saddest moment <laughs> in movie history, bro. It, it was, it was, man. But like, and then not getting what Forrest Gump really meant. Like when I first seen Forrest Gump, I didn't get it. But it's like now, it's like I get. I'm gonna go shit. back and watch Forrest Gump, bro. Because like it's basically it's it, it's basically the it's it's the epitome mm-hmm. of what the Dasaki commercials meant. The most he was the most interested man in the world. That's what it was. He succeeded mm-hmm. at every fucking thing except. Getting I think that's all cap though. I ain't gonna lie to you. I think Forrest. I Gump think that's. The, I think that's. I think that's the whole point of the movie. That he's just a liar? Not that he's a liar. He's a that fucking just, liar, bro. Man, no, he was not a liar. This nigga man. played, he, bro. You telling me this nigga played for Alabama, got the fucking ball, and ran out the stadium? Yeah. Nah, bro. Forrest Gump, that, you, you mean Forrest Gump is, is that fucking fast? Faster than all the niggas on the field. <laughs> Forrest <laughs> fucking Gump? No, bro. Yeah, dude, he was about to get jumped by them kids as a kid. He running and just happened to break his braces. Nah, bro. That's the whole fucking liar. That's the whole point of the movie, man. That's the whole point of the movie. The fact that he's a fucking liar. I don't think he was ever in the military. I don't think he really knew Lieutenant Dan. I don't think he (laughs) met fucking. I don't think he met Bubba. I don't think this nigga was just making shit up, bro. Now, Jenny, I think, is real. But outside of that, the rest of that shit is all cap. Jenny is a fucking asshole. I hate and, Jenny. And this Jenny nigga told might be, his, Go ahead. Jenny might be the worst character I've ever like. As far as the script, she's the worst person ever, dude. I hate until Jenny. you. I don't think so until you realize that Forrest Gump's a fucking liar. Then you understand Jenny. 
I'm trying to tell you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You get it. Oh, I get it, Jenny. Yeah, he's a liar, bro. He he probably made all that shit up. Then uh, he told man. his whole story waiting for the bus. It's different people. He told different stories to different people, remember? It wasn't the same person. That's not the point. He was waiting for the bus. He was waiting for a bus and she lived down the street in walking distance. (laughs) Okay, we'll get to this. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, bro. I'll rewatch it for his gunk, bro, so I can break this down. Because listen, something ain't right with that, bro. That is funny. This nigga was at a Black Panther Party meeting, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, man. Just uh, accidentally dude, at a Black Panther party? What are, what are we talking about, bro? This dude ran across the United States, my guy. This nigga beat a Japanese man in ping pong during the Olympics. Come on, bro. And he started playing ping pong because he got shot in the butt. And said so, something big. This nigga, listen, this nigga, <laughs> this nigga, this nigga in the military. This nigga, this nigga played for Alabama <laughs> under Bear Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> This nigga is an Olympic ping pong champion. Met the president. Yeah, he learned it in rehab. (laughs) In rehab. You know, met the president. No, no, then when he was in the military, the reason he got, he got, uh, in his words, bit in the ass was because he went and he saved like them 20 Marines dudes and carried them on his back to safety. Come on, bro. Okay. We'll get to it. Cap City, okay? All right. <laughs> I can't wait for this episode. I'm about to trash for his gump. I'm about to trash for his gump, bro. So, uh, <laughs> listen, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for listening. We definitely appreciate it. Um, Make sure you follow us on all social media, um, Instagram and Twitter, at ViewAnonPod, on Facebook, VAPod, Watch Group. Um, also make sure uh, if you haven't to subscribe and follow the podcast, um, on, in, on all of your uh, podcast platforms, you can follow me at Scoots Bronson, um, on Twitter. I don't do IG no more. Cause once again, I'm shadow banned. However, you can go check me out at twitch.tv slash Scoots Bronson. Make sure you hit that follow button there too. You can watch me, um, streams for video games. If you like video games, or you can just get on there and chat with me either way. It really don't matter. Um, and that's all I got, man. Cool, cool. Uh, y'all can catch me at s.foster8 on IG and Instagram. I mean, IG and Twitter uh, at 28 Minutes or Less Pod on uh, IG as well. 28 Minutes or Less on Facebook. Uh, you can catch the last episode I put out of the 28 Minutes or Less on all major platforms. I did um, episode uh, 63, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Wu-Tang American Saga, um, the show on Hulu. So you can go check that out. Check that out. Um, my last two episodes, I had guests on them. Uh, shout out to Siege and shout out to VJ. Um, but that's it, though, man. So I got to promote today. For sure, for sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, see you guys Tuesday. You know what I mean? Uh, can't wait for this episode. And uh, like they say in Hollywood, man, that is a wrap.